0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. I am your host, Radu Palamariu, Global Supply Chain Practice Head for Morgan Phillips Executive Search. Today, I'm happy to have with us Vijay Anand, Worldwide Sales and Distribution, VP Travel, Transportation and Hospitality for IBM, as well as Todd Scott, VP of Blockchain Global Trade at IBM. The topic of our discussion today will be TradeLens, the joint project between Maersk and IBM, which applies blockchain solutions to the world's global supply chain. TradeLens is a blockchain-enabled shipping solution designed to promote more efficient and secure global trade, bringing together various parties to support information sharing and transparency. So far, 94 organizations have already actively been involved and agreed to participate on the TradeLens platform. More than 20 port and terminal operators, including PSA Singapore, International Container Terminals uh, Services, Modern Terminals in Hong Kong, etc., uh, PIL, as well as Hamburg Sud as global container carriers, customs authorities in the Netherlands, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Australia and Peru, along with custom brokers, um, BCOs, as well as freight forwarders, including Agility, Siva, Damco, Kotachi, PLH, Trucking Company, Encotrans and Worldwide Alliance. Um, they are all also participating in this project. So we are looking forward to find out more about it. Vijay and Todd, thank you for joining us today. And maybe if you can say a couple of words about yourselves just as a brief introduction.
1: Thank you, Radu. Thanks for inviting me and Todd today. So my name is Vijay Anand. I have responsibility in the global industries team covering Asia Pacific, Greater China and Japan for all of the travel, transportation and hospitality industries. I also have responsibility for trade lens across these geography as well. I'd like to introduce Start now.
2: Uh, Thank you very much, Vijay and and Radu. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Um, As a global trade, VP of global trade for our blockchain division, I look after our supply chain-based solutions, of which we have two today. We have TradeLens, which we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about, uh, and also IBM Food Trust. Mm, Super. So before we deep dive
0: into TradeLens, let's just take a moment to briefly and simply explain to our audience, what, what is blockchain, actually?
2: Sure. Uh, First of all, this whole concept of of blockchain, think of it as a platform. And if you think about it, for the last 40 years, platforms have played a pivotal role in uh, allowing businesses uh, and companies to go to the next level, to share value across a particular platform. Blockchain happens to be a technology platform. And so one of the things that uh, everyone should be thinking about is think about an environment where you can exchange data in a secure fashion and knowing that you can trust the everything that's exchanged between you and your partners. And, and what we're doing with TradeLens, while it's blockchain-based, uh, you will see we're trying to uh, transform and digitize uh, how global shipping is done uh, in a pretty effective manner. Mm. So
1: Just to add to that, just think of blockchain as a decentralized and uh, digitized distributed ledger. That records transaction between multiple parties in a very secure way.
0: Mm, mm, got it. So basically, it's 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 making the whole ecosystem safe. Um, it's very hard to hack, right? Um, okay. And you can exchange information, which is I mean, uh, which is between parties securely okay. and permission. Security and permission. Okay, yeah. so TradeLens is a is a blockchain enabled tool, right? Mm-hmm. That helps kind of partners in in the supply chain gain vital access to critical end-to-end supply chain information and data quickly, mm-hmm. securely, accurately, and seamlessly. That's mm-hmm. we can kind of summarize it, right? Correct. Um, so tell us a little bit of what's the biggest problem that this tool would solve. So
2: let's think about how what happens today <clears throat> in a. In in, in shipping um, products across the globe, you have a lot of different ecosystem participants. You have uh, beneficial cargo owners. You have ocean carriers. You have freight forwarders. You have ports, and you have customs. All those entities have different systems today. So what has to happen in order to exchange data, you have to either manually have interactions, and that manual could be paper, or it could literally mean a customer service agent picking up the phone and calling five different enterprises to understand where uh, the status of a particular product uh, or the status, more importantly, in this case of, of a container. And so what uh, TradeLens is looking to do is, to, is it is a platform where everyone can interface into uh, a single platform, and everyone can receive information, so you will have subscribers as well as publishers. Mm. and The nice thing is instead of being the, the disparate channels which they communicate, there'll be one channel and instead of there being um, lack of timeliness in terms of exchanging data, now they 'll be able to exchange data in milliseconds
0: mm. Mm. so I mean it sounds like it sounds like an excellent um, um, excellent way to do that, but let, let's just I mean if we think practically and in in reality of what's happening today in shipping right it's mm-hmm. quite a it's it's an industry where sometimes there's there's a there's lack of standards um, mm-hmm. like you said it's quite paper focused right um, even you know in in china and india they don't uh, they don't uh, accept electronic bill of ladings right porous mm-hmm. um, terminals transshipment hub, hubs sometimes they're not integrated between themselves so how 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 in a practical way how
2: can that be addressed? So, first of all, one of the things that we're committed to with TradeLens and leveraging blockchain technologies is, is openness. So, the first thing we're committed to is um, any of the APIs that we use to develop for uh, TradeLens will be open for everyone, and available for everyone to see. We have over 135 of those APIs today. Let's put that off to the side for a second. But also, this concept of standards, and we know the industry is trying to uh, coalesce around having those standards. We're working very um, directly with... um, uh, CFACT, whatever standards um, come from CFACT, uh, we're We're also partnering with OpenShippers.org. We're going to, we're ensuring and committed to having those standards be part of our platform. Mm. But now, so that's kind of where we're going. But if you think about it from a a standard standpoint, we're not changing anyone's existing environment. We are not um, saying to everyone out there, throw away your existing systems. What we've done is created a platform that they can. Uh, exchange information with that makes it a lot easier. We're seeing today with the uh, uh, almost a hundred uh, companies we've been interacting with, we're seeing as little time as four days for them to be able to publish information onto the system with our onboarding and in some there's, it's taken a little bit longer than that. So having an open platform, having available APIs will make things a lot easier than it has been in the past. And even if there are differences between certain geographies in the world, which we'll all go into a little bit later when it comes to um, f- customs filing, uh, we still think this is, the, this is the pathway to get there, uh, certainly better than we have today.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is also about improving customer experience, mm-hmm. reducing cost, and also improving operational efficiency which we didn't have in the past because technologies like blockchain did not exist in the past. So this actually helps us to bring everything to the network and make it operate as a centralized network for the whole industry.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Because um, I think there was a, there was an um, an example in 2014. I was reading that Maersk followed a refrigerated container filled with roses and avocados from Kenya to Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So basically what they found out is that almost 30 people and organizations mm-hmm. were involved in that process of that box on his journey to Europe, mm-hmm. which is a lot, right? So the, the shipment took about 34 days to get from the farm to the retailers, including 10 days waiting for documents to be processed. Mm-hmm. One of the critical documents went missing, only to be found later in a pile of
2: the of other documents, right? So how would trade lines improve this type of situation? So that, that's a that's a great question. Um, how it would improve it is you talk about documents. You know, I talked about the tracking of the container a second ago, but documents being on the blockchain and being in a single place would allow, or well, there's also workflows that are associated with that. So what it'll What it will essentially say to smart contract it say, once Todd uh, is done with the contract, then that contract will automatically go to VJ. It's online. Um, If I see that VJ hasn't done his approval, I can actually uh, say to VJ, hey, you know, you need to this needs to move to the next next place. It's not going to get lost on a stack of paper. Documents like certificates of origins and the example that you gave, it wound up being fourteen days before the product was released because a document got lost on a desk. Well, if it's sitting on the blockchain, it's not going to get lost.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: Not to mention the cost involved and the audit process involved and all those things. All those goes away with blockchain because everyone has visibility to it. So you don't do internal independent audit anymore.
0: Mm. Yes. Um, So I'm just, I think, uh, I'll I'll chip chip in with a new question here because I think a major... Um, a major, let's say, concern that people will have will be on the security of the system, right? And the security of the network and the security Mm -hmm. of the blockchain. Because, Mm -hmm. yes, all this will be transparent. Mm -hmm. Yes, they will be accessible to different parties in in real time and no document will be lost. But what if Mm -hmm. it's hacked? right, Mm -hmm. Then I think maybe let's address that for a moment.
2: Well, I mean, first of all, I'll I'll never be so bold as as to say that nothing could ever be hacked because who knows what's being worked on out there. However, um, blockchain is a Our blockchain is a permission-based platform. And what that means is if the three of us are on the blockchain, there may be things that you and Vijay can do that I cannot do. And it also means that in order for a fourth party to be added to be permissioned, all the three of us would have to agree. So if you think about it practically for a second, if something is going to get hacked, uh, they would actually have to um, have the ability to slip by all three of us (laughs) at, Mm. at at one time. In order to for that to happen. Additionally, we're taking other measures with how we are storing critical documents. We're using hash technology, so the actual document itself will be stored offline, and what's left on the blockchain is is hash. And so, unless you have the hash, you can't uh, unless you have the hash, you can't get to the document, whether it's on the blockchain or offline. Mm. Got it.
0: Um what can you tell us about the roadmap right because again and i think coming back to the to the to to blockchain it works as long as there's quite a bit of parties involved and on the platform right mm-hmm. so if, if it's just three of us it's you mm-hmm. know it's probably um uh, too little so what can you tell us about the roadmap major milestones what are you hoping
2: to achieve when do you hope to achieve
0: it with TradeLens?
2: i'm glad you asked that question because that is the most uh, critical thing to success and value of a blockchain is that everyone or more participation uh, takes place. So I'll answer that two ways. First of all, we have very specific targets uh, between our two firms, IBM and Marisk, where we've jointly agreed that we need to try to drive um, the entire ecosystem. So yes, we have teams of people who are engaging with BCOs, we have teams of people who are engaging with uh, customs authorities as well as ports, and we have um, a team the folks who are engaging with um, other ocean carriers. It is our goal to, since we do have a ocean carrier-centric solution, because that's where a lot of the data about containers resides, we have a very specific strategy with with trying to uh, onboard as many uh, ocean carriers as we can. And we are engaged um, uh, with everyone. Conversations are at different levels, but I will I will tell you no one questions whether or not having a central platform um, is a good idea. And also, everyone that has viewed our solution thinks it's a very solid solution as well. Mm. Now, in terms of the uh, you, when you use the road, word roadmap, um, where I thought you were going with that, it has to do with the capabilities that we have. So today, the capabilities that we have. Uh, that TradeLens is the overarching product name, but the uh, event management comp- component of it is TradeLens as well. So today in limited availability, uh, that's what's available. Mm-hmm. Now, a, a client could, uh, could sign up if they're on Maresk Line, uh, if they're on um, Hamburg Sud, they could sign up today and be able to have access and visibility to their containers. Later on this year, um, it is um, our direction to also have document management. So think about this as document sharing. So the document, the very specific documents, certificate of origin, for example, bill of lading, packing list, those kind of documents that are tied to those events, uh, that will also be available. And Of course, those documents will obviously reside on the blockchain. And then later on next year, um, our direction is to have what we call a product of uh, the module, what we're calling ClearWay this will be the uh, document filing. This is you know, a lot more work that's involved with that. We'll be engaging in fact we just started beta on this where we're engaged with other carriers, we're engaged with customs authorities around the, the, the globe to help build the workflows and, and then provide uh, the documents, the associated documents that would monitor uh, if you're shipping diamonds from South Africa to uh, the United States for example.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, uh, and yeah, but No, we can go ahead. Okay, because um, I'm I'm just um, if I'm to, to kind of continue from from there. So again, blockchain is a is a community effort, and I think this is this has been a question that has come again and again, right? Because it's all about neutral parties being involved, right, mm-hmm. and required. Um, how do you see this moving forward because there's there's been quite a bit of comments right so Mersk Mersk mm-hmm. uh, has been involved right it's, it's mm-hmm. a joint project that you developed with, with mm-hmm. Um there's been a couple of com- comments that other shipping lines will not join mm-hmm. because of Mersk and mm-hmm. because this is not seen as neutral because mm-hmm. of Mersk. how would you comment that
2: so for, for, first of all I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's the, the big elephant in the room if you will so I, the feedback that we in the commentary that we've heard uh, varies but All of it has been consistent around the following things. First of all, security. So when we explain to them how the blockchain is going to be set up and how every ocean carrier will have their own node and how nodes can't uh, get information from other nodes, it has made uh, everyone feel much more comfortable about how secure the data will be. Then there is the the concept of uh, ensuring that um, um, each of the um, carriers will be treated fairly. Right, because this is jo- a jointly owned solution by IBM and Marisk, and we have contractually Set up in our contracts that Maris will be treated like any other ocean carrier. So it's not like Maris Line can then, at a whim, go see the data of another carrier, whether it's um, CMA or HAPOC or anyone else. And then the third piece of it is about the openness. It is absolutely designed to have as much participation as possible. I alluded earlier about what we're doing with the APIs, but also trying to make sure that we're building a solution that is based on standards for the industry. So this, this is not a proprietary-based um, solution um, at all, and you know it's all stopped there.
1: And I'll add a little bit to that. And Rado, you said this in your in your question actually. Blockchain is a community effort, right? So it's not about getting one group on board or one organization on board to to actually make this work. You need the whole ecosystem on board. In the past, we didn't have a technology to address that to actually bring everyone on board and to have that neutrality and security today we do so that's the reason that we are also working not just with ocean carriers but we are working with seaports and we are working mm-hmm. with customs authorities inland authorities and we're also working with logistics service providers and uh, shippers you know whether it's retailers or manufacturers and we're also working with several partners who will also be linking their existing networks to blockchain so that it becomes that community network that can serve everyone.
2: Mm. So, and, and I would add to this, brother that in IBM, we have customer advisory councils that that many of our clients, many of the, the listeners uh, may have participated in in the past. And the purpose of the advisory councils have been to uh, give advice and counsel on how we are perceived in the marketplace. Uh, They give feedback on, we give them confidential briefings on what our roadmap is. And this could be for any product or any service that the IBM company might have. We're going to take that same concept forward with trade lens where both, you know, IBM and Marisk will, will, in addition to IBM and Marisk, we want to have a lot of the industry uh, leaders, we want to have all the ocean carriers on that advisory council freight forwarders, uh, we want to have ports because we want to make sure that we 're getting feedback from the marketplace that we have there 's no value in any of the investments that we 've made um, in the product to have it go in a direction that would be anti um, ecosystem mm-hmm. so we 're very much committed to that, and um, we can, you can look to, to hear more about that advisory uh, council that we 're going to be developing in a very near future. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good
0: point, and if I am to to kind of follow up on my question, because because um, I think that that's why I also because it's a joint project, right? Mm-hmm. IBM, Mars, there's there's this. Uh, these questions coming up. So if I understand, and if I'm to summarize what you just shared, right? Murck is is kind of well, they they started and you you developed it together, but it's 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 kind of another user in the bigger ecosystem. They are a right? participant. They are a participant in the bigger ecosystem. They don't own the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. There is the That's solution correct. of the ecosystem is TradeLens, right? Mm-hmm. That's um, that is that is being developed by uh, jointly, but uh, by by IBM. And then basically every participant in the ecosystem has access to their own set of data, as well as the data that's been shared with them, mm-hmm. with the other participants. I mean, not not they would not have, just like you said, right, the, the data is shared between the three of us. We would mm-hmm. need to all give permission to the fourth party. Bingo. So nobody would have... Uh, super user, let's say Morris doesn't have super user no um, status status <laughs> that's correct okay because I think that's that's basically what a lot of people have on their minds like yeah now why you know um, yeah and that's that's something that I, I guess you would have to reframe right in uh, in, in presenting it
2: y- yes I think reframe but also clearly explain I think that and and as we've had discussions with carriers. That has been something that's come up, and I think each time we meet with them, they get more and more comfortable with the approach that we're taking, uh, both uh, technically and as well as the the business setup.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, I guess in
0: in the near future we might see CMA CGA we might see some other big uh, big names uh, big names on the platform
2: that is certainly our our hope um, <laughs> that is definitely our hope and uh, maybe not in that particular order or <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe I shouldn't have been that specific with the names no no no, yeah. no that that's fine that you're specific the names but yeah, honestly we we. Um, in order for this to be successful and add value to the ecosystem, we have to have uh, the major players uh, as part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that w- if we can get to a place where we can have eighty uh, percent of the containers on the platform, I think that would then be a a game changing game changer for the entire ecosystem.
0: Mm. Yes, because that would give the scale and uh, and uh, I mean, it's. I think with anything, right? The moment you have enough scale, it just flows right so I mean now you've just started it you yeah. have about ninety four, ninety five mm-hmm. players so the key is how do you um, and that brings me to the question how do you actually encourage and motivate more people to to get on the platform right because I, I would assume back to maybe to the example with, with that uh, container filled with roses mm-hmm. right so I would assume if you have some case mm-hmm. studies like that maybe from one country to another country maybe mm-hmm. that's enough right mm-hmm. to start with mm-hmm. and then you show them how because of uh, trade lines they were able to speed up things to you know um, something like that. I'm, sure. I'm thinking sure. would encourage
2: other people. What, what sure. do you have in mind? Sure. So a couple of things. Uh, let's let's kind of go back to the beginning. Remember, I said earlier, blockchain is a platform, and TradeLens is a is a platform as well. It's a marketplace uh, platform. Three things you have to have when you have a a, pl- um, a platform. Number one, an identified business problem. Uh, in this case, it's the fact that there's um, lots of paper. Um, involved uh, with, with shipping in the global shipping space. But there's also this lack of uh, standards, lack of consistency of where data starts and where it winds up. So no one disputes that. The second piece of it is, do you understand or have you identified all the key players in the ecosystem? I think we have, uh, because we go from the you BCO, know, who might be the exporter, uh, all the way through to the... Uh, the the beneficial cargo owner who might be um, uh, the importer and everybody in between. So we've identified all of them. And then we've created, what's the value proposition? We have a well-documented value proposition on what's in it for a customs authority, what's in it for a port, what's in it for um, the BCOs and other ocean carriers, freight forwarders. And we've had, um, A, it's pretty well-documented, but B, we haven't had yet anyone say to us, this is not of any value to me. This is not going to help me. Um, are there people, are there BCOs who say, yes, I like the visibility, but I'm I'm really more focused on how I'm going to be I'm managing document sharing on the blockchain? Absolutely, they are saying that. Um, are there some BCOs who might say, hey, listen, this is great, but you got you have to have more ocean carriers on for me to see the value? Or there's certain trade lanes that you have to have established. Um, Yes, we're working on that. Are there certain ports who say, you know, I'm, I'm interested in doing this. Um, can you make it easy for me to get on the platform? So we think we've been trying to go about this very methodically, but also very programmatically to address and get encourage everyone in the ecosystem to participate. Mm-hmm.
1: And between the two organizations, we have coverage with most of the stakeholders that we are working with today. So we also try to check what stage of automation they are in, right? right? So because not everyone is in the same level of automation. So, for example, if you take the government authorities, especially in Asia Pacific, they're all in different stages of automation. Mm-hmm. So if I take one particular example, like India, where we need to really educate not only about blockchain as a technology, but also help them to... Uh, automate some of their existing systems and processes so it's ready for adopting these technologies and the network in the future. So we do work with the customs authorities in India as an example to see how we can automate all of those CHAs and GHAs that exist across India today. And uh, and that can then connect to a yeah, network like TradeLens. Yes. So that's how we encourage and motivate these players.
2: You know, you just brought a very good point, DJ, And that is, that we haven't talked about it yet, uh, we've talked about solving the problem, uh, but there's also this, this has the ability to allow um, smaller members in the ecosystem or less sophisticated members of the ecosystem to leapfrog. Uh, certainly, they've had plans and intentions on digitizing uh, their, their environment. Uh, TradeLens um, and, and the blockchain technology will allow them to move faster. They have told us such. So we're seeing lots of interest from what I would say um, are, the, say, uh, tier two or tier three countries around the world. Uh, they are very much interested in being on the, the platform.
0: Mm. That's an excellent, that's an excellent uh, point, actually. Because, yeah, I mean, it, 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 uh, it's kind of like from jumping from cash to payments, uh, you know, <laughs> to, to payments by mobile, uh, without the cards involved. Yeah. Um, and I, I just need to ask this question because I have, I have it on my mind, right? Because, um, again, there's different, Let's pinpoint corruption for a moment, right? So, because also paper corruption sometimes is, is linked, right? Yeah. So there, there's different countries in the world where there's, uh, and especially in the customs authority. And I mean, it's a problem. It's mm-hmm. a problem, and we just have to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, will that those guys? Because the moment you start talking about digital solutions and full mm-hmm. transparency, mm-hmm. there's an innate, mm-hmm. um, uh, let's say, resistance from the from that particular, mm-hmm. sometimes those particular players to mm-hmm. to join. Have you? Mm-hmm. Of course, let's not name anybody, but have you come across that and
2: how how do you address that? Um, the short answer is yes. Um, the, the second answer is, you know, countries that uh, maybe a year ago would have been on the, the, the list that you would think would be anti this – you know, All it takes is a change in leadership, and all of a sudden those things can can completely turn around. Uh, yeah, there's probably nothing that we could say or do. If someone wants to, to be corrupt and they want to keep that environment, um, there's probably nothing we could do about that. Uh, the technology would be able to address that for sure, certain, but at the end of the day, we can't strong-arm anyone <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, to embrace Absolutely. the technology. But we have seen with certain countries around the world, which again will remain nameless, who... Uh, even as, as little as six months ago, we would have thought, well, they're not going to be interested. And they are incredibly uh, interested in the technology because new government leaderships come in place and they want to make that leapfrog. They, they see the bigger picture. Mm. Think about it this way. Customs authorities around the world, they, they really have two missions. Uh, the first mission is to improve the ability for trade to take place with their country. Okay. The second thing is is to keep contraband out, <laughs> mm. right? So, and those two things can, on, in some extent, they kind of contradict one another. But with the TradeLens platform, it actually allows them to do both better, and that's why we're very excited about. That, and, and again, we've been hearing that from certain authorities that we've been engaged with around the world. So,
1: at a government level, and especially senior management level, they are welcoming these kind of solutions to automate. Because ultimately, every country wants to ease uh, the business dealings uh, and also the ease of doing business, which should improve. So they are really looking forward to see how they can do more business by being more open and uh, quicker transactions, quicker turnaround. So I think uh, ultimately, if we can get 80 percent of the containers on, on the network, that will be a good first step. And then we can work through the rest.
0: Mm. No good. I mean, thank you for the um, uh, for the sharing, and it's uh, yeah, it's uh, great to hear um, because indeed, <laughs> again, you cannot you cannot force anybody, um, but technology in general is an enabler to uh, to a good uh, for most cases. Absolutely. Um, and I, I wanted to to bring kind of to 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 another question that is uh, is a little bit of an elephant in the room, let's say. Um, so TradeLens is is a platform that is delivered by the IBM Cloud, right, to members around the world. Correct. Um, However, TradeLand insists that blockchain is the core technology that, that powers the platform and ensuring that the data remains secured, permissioned, and distributed. Now, anybody with a, a little bit of knowledge of blockchain would immediately wonder how TradeLine's data can possibly describe as distributed if, in fact, the blockchain resides on the IBM cloud. So if the TradeLand lives in the IBM server, then IBM can alter the blockchain with whole data, sends the transactions, mine information. So this is, let's say, there's been some concerns around it may or may not be true, but I think maybe we should we should just put it out there and address it just to kind of clarify it.
2: Yeah, but maybe be, I, I... Yeah, I was going to say, between us, I hadn't heard that one, so I was saying him earlier that I hope that to you. <laughs> you give me one that I haven't heard, but I actually haven't heard that. I actually haven't heard that someone's afraid that IBM might manipulate the data, so... Yeah. Was that your question? That yeah. IBM might. Well, yeah, how do you know
1: particularly it? if it's only IBM Cloud? Well, you know, again, is. the underlying technology actually helps you, right? Because the blocks that we talked about holds all these transactions, the valid transaction. And each block includes the hash of the prior block of the blockchain, right, uh, in, in the blockchain, linking the two. So that's what actually forms the chain. So there is no way for anyone to manipulate this or change it without letting the whole ecosystem know about
0: it. Right. Mm-hmm. So even if even if it doesn't matter where it resides, right? Because at the end of the day, the the system it's it's a chain, it's a chain system. Absolutely. Um, I think it's 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 again with I don't know where we got the question actually, but it's again a um, it's not my question yet, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's uh, it's um, I think it also comes with a package that again any new technology people typically there's, a, there's a, basically a lot of people mm-hmm. that don't understand about it right and right. they have these concerns right. I think cybersecurity in general and security of data in general over the last couple of years we've, we've seen mm-hmm. well actually MERS was deeply affected by it right mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, has gotten a lot of people worried mm-hmm. so I think the, for me the Point of these questions that keep coming up around cybersecurity because this is this is mm-hmm. that's what I see it in the in the bulk of cybersecurity are related to that mm-hmm. are people like is my data safe mm-hmm. and is mm-hmm. is anybody that can do anything to manipulate mm-hmm. and of course it doesn't make sense I mean you're you're a publicly listed company if you mm-hmm. do anything wrong the, the 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 market will respond and you you don't want to get into that but I think it's it's on people's minds interestingly right. enough it's on right. people's minds so right, right. Uh, good right. to put it out there
2: no, no that's a fair point I mean you know probably a, a good case study on that is when you look at the data that's being uh, collected for uh, health with Watson Health. Uh, there hasn't been any examples where IBM's been then taking that data and try to repurpose it to make money off of it uh, later on right the intent or the objective of the, the, of the uh, network that's what the purpose of the data will be. IBM has no intent to then collect everyone's data uh, for some other purpose. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be getting uh, um, calls um on your on your phone because of information that i collected i i say it a little bit tongue in cheek but uh that's not the intent and that's not what we um i think the the technology prevents that from happening i know the technology prevents that from happening anyway yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm curious in terms of coming
0: a little bit and, and maybe to close off the discussion but coming a little bit in terms of how you see the future right and how you see the next 12 months mm-hmm. what would be your hope uh, for TradeLens in the next uh, 12 months like do you have some milestones like I mean we would love to have another 100 Absolutely. players Absolutely. on the
2: platform we'd love to have some case studies that we can show we, you know right I think uh, first of all that's a great question uh, there's two there's two pieces to that there's the um, the, the business value example Right of it, and then there is the the adoption uh, side of it. So from a business value standpoint, I would love to be able to, uh, and I and I know I speak for for the for both um, IBM and Marisk. Uh, we'd like to be able to get to a place where we have enough uh, data sets on the platform, meaning enough carriers, enough ports, enough customs authorities, uh, and BCOS, where it will be start to become the standard that helps solve this very challenging business problem that everyone acknowledges is is an issue. I think we have very specific targets that we try to focus on to try to, for example, I mentioned getting 80% of the containers on the platform. Well, you know, at a real high level, uh, we'd like to be at a place where at 24% now, we'd like to be at 40% by the middle of next year. Uh, I think that would be a huge leap forward for us. Adoption takes time. And I think that's the other uh, level set that I would I would put into the equation, um, because it depends on w- what seat you're in. Right? If you're a port, you're saying, "Gee, it'd be great if you had um, other other carriers uh, who are who are onboarded." Uh, if you're a BCO, uh, BCOs are saying, "Hey, listen, you know, you've got 50 percent of my containers today. I'd really like to see you get 70 percent. Can you tell me how your conversations are going with other carriers?" By the way. I'd like to have my bank uh, on there as well. Uh, there's um, marine insurance companies who are saying, boy, that having all this data on one platform creates a lot of value. Boy, when you guys get a certain amount of containers, then I absolutely want to be on the platform. So it's you, you got to move all at the same time. You can't, we can't be too carrier focused. We can't be too BCO focused. All we can do and what we should be focused on is trying to build the ecosystem in a balanced fashion wherever Everyone everyone benefits because at the end of the day, that is what the whole purpose of of TradeLens is, is to create value for everyone in the ecosystem, not just for the ocean carriers, not just for beneficial cargo owners or ports or freight forwarders. It's to create value for everyone. For the ecosystem.
1: Mm-hmm. I think uh, in the next 12 months, like Todd mentioned, we will set up an industry advisory board and work with the whole ecosystem. So my my hope is uh, we'll get more challenges to tackle, we'll get more problems to solve, <laughs> so we can take this to a new level in the next 12 months in addition to what we already have planned. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: And I didn't realize, so 24%, you have 24% of the worldwide containers currently on the platform, so that's, that's quite a number already. And do you think that this could actually lead to, because again, we talked about... And a question that popped into my head: uh, We talked about different countries, different standards, different. I mean, I mean, in, in reality, it's, it's quite fragmented. I mean, there's some there's some bigger organizations out there, right? That try to standardize um, the things, but there's also certain countries which follow their own. So, do you think that if if trade lines really gets an adoption rate of 80%, that could potentially
2: lead to a worldwide kind of unified um, standard? of well, well i i think that one of the things we're really focused on uh, again is not necessarily displacing any of the activities that people may have go- have going on, what we hope to provide is an open platform where people can connect into the platform. Mm-hmm. So if I'm uh, if I just made a, a huge investment, if I made a port, I just made a huge investment into a system. That mean I have to get rid of that port system? No, absolutely not. Because if that if the, if the bar is that high to get onto the platform, no one will do it. Uh, I think we have created some very well thought out, very well tested um, um, templates that we've learned through our beta program where everyone in the ecosystem, we have a pretty solid methodology of how to onboard them. So we, we know that it's going to take Four to six weeks for most BCOs to be uh, onboarded. We know that a port, depending on the port, it could take as little as four days, or it could take as long as 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 a uh, fourteen days. Right. So we and, and we know with carriers, and we're probably looking more in that three to five month range. So we know that now. So once we know that, we know how to staff up to make sure we've got the people available. We also can give a, a real a realistic view of what uh, those enter- enterprises should be expecting, mm. and. So far, so good. So far, when we've had those really in-depth discussions, people have felt really, really good that this is not going to be a huge hurdle. That first, technically, they won't be able to, to benefit from, and they see the opportunity to uh, to benefit from the data being centralized mm-hmm. later on as well. Super. No,
0: very great to have uh, to have made that or to re, to have reiterated that point because I think that that can be again a challenge for people if they think that it's too hard or if they need to give up any of their existing technology, mm-hmm. right? Um, so thank you guys it's been it's been uh, it's been a pleasure uh, Todd, Vijay thank you for the sharing thank you for for the open uh, open uh, addressing of, of uh, bigger or smaller elephants in the room thank you for <laughs> telling us um, you know your plans and I think it's a, it's a it's a it's a really exciting times right I mean if if uh, if the technology picks up, and, and, and as the technology picks up, I think you're going to have more and more successful case studies that show um, uh, improvements in the way global trade is being done. Um, and I really hope that in 12 months from now, we'll, we'll sit together again, and maybe you, you have 80% of the people on on the platform.
2: Well, let's hope, let's hope next time when we do it, next year when we do it, we're joined by members of the ecosystem talking about how good the platform it is. It would be my pleasure. Thank you, guys, for, for joining us. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Radu. And I know we have several uh, industry experts in the podcast audience. So we welcome their feedback as well. What else would you like to see in the platform, right? Uh, what are the problems that we could help solve? So welcome any feedback. Feel free to reach out to us anytime.
0: Super. Thank you. Super. Yeah, we'll, we'll put, uh, I mean, we, when we upload this, we'll also open it. So if you have questions or further, further concerns or further um, feedback, we, we can pass it to, to Todd and to Vijay. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to follow us on radopalamariocom slash podcast for all the show notes, links, and extra tips covered in the interview. Make sure also to subscribe to our emailing list to get the news in the nick of time. If you're listening through a streaming platform like iTunes or Stitcher and you like what we do, please kindly review and give us five stars so we can keep the energy flowing and get more people to find out about our podcast. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me to stay tuned for our latest uh, articles as well as future guests for the podcast. And if you have any suggestions or any other idea, please feel free to write to me. I respond to all. And also, please make sure not to miss our next episode, where we will be having a few other C-level and top leaders in supply chain joining us. Stay tuned.